everybody. This is Just Sold with Bryn McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Bryn Griffiths, and here he is, Bryn McIntosh. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I feel very hypnotic today. I just feel like I, uh, I don't know. You could tell me to do anything, and I would just do it. I'm just, I'm a little tired. I'm a little weakened, but I think I'm going to make it. Very sleepy. Think I can make it through <laughs> this segment. And obviously, we're setting up who our guest is today, uh, a longtime friend of mine, and I worked with him way back in the 90s at Power 92, but now one of his jobs, and that's our theme this month, is we're talking about people with unique jobs or kind of -of one-of-a-kind occupations. We're joined by none other than Buzz Collins. Buzz, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to be here. How are you doing? I'm well, and you are a stage hypnotist and mentalist. Is that right? Have I said that right? Yeah, I'm still a radio guy. Uh, Full-time gig is radio still. I do a morning show in Belleville, Ontario. But uh, yeah, when uh, when I'm not sidelined by, you know, a worldwide pandemic, I, I perform hypnosis and mentalism shows all over North America. Absolutely incredible and really unique job. For those listening into in Edmonton here, you might remember uh, you had a different name back in the 90s. You went by Magic Eddie Mills, my favorite DJ at Power 92 when we worked together. <laughs> I bet you say that to all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now you're, because you were performing Magic back then. That's where that name came yeah. from. So you've done, do you, do you still do any Magic? Um, do I still do the Magic? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Not, not really um, professionally. I prefer to save the magic for, you know, uh, just groups of friends and neighbors getting together and whatnot. Um, But I mean, to be honest, I mean, mentalism in and of itself is a, is a niche of magic. Although you would be amazed at how many people in, in the community uh, would argue that I just, got bogged down in another internet debate on the topic earlier today, but um, the majority of us would attest to the, the, uh, the notion that mentalism is indeed a niche of magic. So instead of, you know, uh, uh, making ladies levitate on stage or cutting somebody in half, or even necessarily, you know, the pick a card type thing, we use uh, another level, a, a different level of deception, uh, to mess with your head a little bit. And that said, men, even though I do hypnosis, mentalism is not hypnosis. Hypnosis is not mentalism. So is there both mentalism and hypnosis in your show? Uh, at first I used to open the hypnosis shows with a little bit of mentalism. Um, but for whatever reason along the way, I decided to separate the two completely. So, um, either you book my hypnosis show and you get a hundred percent hypnosis or you book the mentalism show and it's all mentalism. Okay. So let's talk about those things. How does one become a hypnotist? Well, um, for me, it was out of frustration. (laughs) I had, uh, I had recently moved to to Kingston for another radio gig and about six months into it, and it felt uh, I had kind of gone off the rails with my broadcasting <laughs> career. I, uh, I just felt, you know, this was not what I kind of imagined and I wasn't completely uh, happy with my, my status quo professionally. 
I'm trying to give you a very political answer here. But anyway, I literally one day I thought, you know what? Uh, I got to get out of radio. I'm going to be a hypnotist. <laughs> so of course I called a, a friend. <laughs> Seems logical. <laughs> yeah. I called a friend, uh, you know, Mark Savard. Mm-hmm. And um, I, he would, by that time he was living and working in Vegas. And I said, Mark, you got to teach me hypnosis. I'm going to get out of radio and I'm going to be a hypnotist. So, um, yeah, I, it started off with Mark giving me over the phone instruction and, and notes and, that I was, you know, literally jotting down and uh, then books that he recommended. And then eventually I went down to Vegas and I took uh, his uh, stage course and as well as his uh, hypnotherapy course. And uh, shortly after that, the rest they say is history. Um, I, I used to keep this a secret, but. Now I don't care anymore, but my first ever hypnosis gigs were on the stage in Las Vegas. Um, about a month after I finished the course, the stage course, Mark called me up and asked me if I would be interested in filling in for a week at planet Hollywood. Wow. And, um, and I, I thought, well, you know, are you sure you want me? I'm, I'm pretty green. And he says, listen, he said, and, and you know, what he said was absolutely true. He said, you know, anybody can learn hypnosis. He says, I need somebody who's comfortable on a stage, who is comfortable flying kind of by the seat of their pants because, you know, there's no set. You have obviously set routines, but there is no predictability. You don't you can't anticipate what your volunteers are going to do. So he needed somebody that, you know, was used to ad libbing and and kind of and and he figured, you know, you've been doing that for a while, you know, on the radio. And uh, so, yeah, my first ever run of gigs was at Planet Hollywood in, in Las Vegas. And um, uh, at the wow. end of that run, there was five shows that week. And after the fifth show, I, you know, I was shaking hands and kissing babies at the end of the show. And, and uh, this one guy comes up to me and he says uh, he was a stage tech for the V Theater, which was a venue I later performed in as well at Planet Hollywood. But he says uh, he introduced himself he tells me he's a stage tech at the v theater and he says he says you know i've seen hundreds of hypnosis shows and i thought he was about to slam me uh and he goes uh, you're easily one of the best wow. and i and i thought my god if you only knew i just finished my fifth show <laughs> so i i have his quote his testimonial still to this day on the uh, the home page of my website oh is that ever cool and what year was that buzz that was 2000 that was yeah that would have been july of 2008 is a vegas show easier to do than maybe an edmonton or a kingston show because the yes. people in vegas are there to have fun where in exactly. an edmonton or a kingston maybe they're, they're a little leery to let the wall down yeah you're you're absolutely right Bryn. um a lot of people have said oh my god you know you must have you know been filling your pants the las vegas stage and whatnot and you know, it was my first experience performing a hypnosis show, so I had nothing at the time to compare it to. But now, in hindsight, I would I would agree 100% with, with what you said. It's, you know, people are going to Vegas for a good time when they go to, when they've bought tickets to a hypnosis show in Las Vegas. Uh, a lot of times, they're ready to let their inhibitions down. Uh, whereas if you're doing a corporate show or, or uh, you know, a fundraiser for a hockey team or whatever, a lot of them aren't sure what to expect. Um, there isn't that kind of what stays or happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of mentality. Um, so yeah, um, I, w I would argue that the Vegas shows are certainly the, the easiest to do. I think there's a little more pressure because you understand that, 
your audience is expecting, you know, nothing but the best. I mean, you're a lot, you know, in their mind, you're a Las Vegas entertainer. They don't realize you're filling in necessarily. So there's that, there, that, there's that kind of pressure to be on your game. But as far as, you know, audience participation and the eagerness to volunteer, yeah, much easier in Las Vegas. Is that ever cool? And how many times have you uh, performed in Vegas now? I've done three week long runs there now. Um, I went back a couple of years after that. And then the most recent run was 2017. Oh, wow. Now for you. that said, I will say, uh, Mark had me fill in for a week at planet Hollywood, um, early December, 2017. And it was rodeo week. The international, uh, rodeo competition was on national finals, rodeo, NFR national finals, rodeo. Okay. So he said, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. He says, audience is going to be, he says, if they even come, he says, because a lot of Cowboys, they don't go to shows, they go to the bar. So he said, you know, you may not have full theaters and, um, they're not your typical audience. So yeah, there was one night that was, that was challenging. The theater was maybe half full and it looked like, uh, you know, uh, it literally looked like a bunch of Midwest cowboys and their, and their spouses sitting there ready to judge you. And, you know, uh, arms crossed, arms crossed. Yeah. yeah. It, and, you laugh, uh, thumb. <laughs> it was, that, that was a challenge. You know, we did a, we did, had a great show, but that was the only challenging night I've had in Las Vegas. And, and I think that Mark probably, uh, and if you're setting up, if, if you're listening, Mark, you evil person, you, he was setting <laughs> you up. He, he left town national finals rodeo week on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of wondered. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously uh, you do the hypnosis shows and, and, and uh, people can hire you for their businesses and you travel all over uh, North America for that. Well, tell us about the other one. What's a mentalist show and how does one become a mentalist? Well, uh, as you know, I mean, I started doing magic. Uh, it was shortly after I got to Power 92. I was I was a late bloomer in, in the whole magic biz, just, you know, in comparison to others who, you know, talk about getting that first magic kit when they were a kid. And, you know, the, you know it was onwards and upwards from there. I, um, shortly before you started at Power 92, Brent, I uh, did a, a live broadcast at, do you remember Santana's, the rock yeah, bar yeah. Santana's? Of course, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I had a live broadcast there scheduled for a Wednesday evening. Earlier that day, get a phone call at the radio station, goes through to the, the general manager's office. I can't remember his not, name at the time. It was before Rutherford. But um, uh, the, the GM pokes his head into the music library, and he, he tells me he's got this rock musician on the phone who's interested in doing an interview and and put the phone call through to me anyway it was mike Lairdy of the band great white and he was in town to do for a cousin's wedding completely non-related band business and he said i figure i'm in town um you might want to do some interview so he's doing a little self pr and whatnot and i said well i'll tell you what I said, I actually have a live broadcast tonight at a rock bar. What would be cool is if you could come by and uh, hang out, sign a few autographs and uh, we, you know, we'll do some on air banter. So he did, he came, him and his cousin showed up in a stretch limo and he came in and hung out for the evening. Anyway, all this to say, he did this, he did a little trick in front of me. He made, he took out a dollar bill, crumpled it up, stuck it in his hand and he made it disappear. And it blew my mind, but he refused to tell me how it was done. So I came across a couple of weeks later, came across this magic shop at West Edmonton mall. 
And uh, I said, how much do I got to pay to learn how to make a dollar disappear in my hand? And, and uh, the guy behind the counter made $15 disappear from my hands. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I was hooked and I was hooked. So anyway, that was how I, you know, kind of got hooked into magic. The mentalism sort of inadvertently, I didn't even know what mentalism was at the time, but I was accumulating some uh, amount of tricks that as I look back now would be classified as, as mentalism. And uh, eventually long, much longer story shortened by the time I got to Winnipeg, which was after Edmonton, I kind of stopped doing magic for the most part. Um, and just was kind of focusing on the radio career again. Um, eventually, uh, as you know, I, I, when I got to Kingston, like I said, I got into the hypnosis and about a year into the hypnosis, I realized, you know, when I do shows with smaller groups, I run into some huge challenges. Um, and that is, you know, for, for whatever size audience you have, Las Vegas not included, you know, you can almost, you know, do it by the math. 20 to 25%, if you're lucky, of your audience is even going to be willing to volunteer to come on stage and be hypnotized. And out of that percentage maybe 25 to 30% will respond well enough to the hypnosis to keep in the show. So you can imagine if all of a sudden you have a group of 30 people, how much more risk you have in not even having a show. Like, right. you know, so I remember reaching out to Mark and asking him, you know, what do you do about those small shows? How do you handle that? And he said, easy. I don't take them. I don't do them. I turn them down unless they can, you know, tell me that, you know, they're absolutely sure they're going to have over a hundred people in their audience. He says, I, I just don't take them. And I thought, wow, problem solved. But I hated turning down potential business. Yeah. So I thought I got this warehouse of magic. Why don't I gleam, you know, some good mentalism routines from that put together a mentalism show. And even though one really, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the other to the lay person. It does seem to have a connection that the power of suggestion and whatnot. And, um, so I marketed all in both the hypnosis and the mentalism all under the same company. And it proved to be a really worthwhile decision because now my mentalism show is just as equally as popular as the hypnosis show. When you're watching a performer who does both or does one or the other, are you the kind of guy that judges or do you just watch and enjoy it? Can, can you do that? I, can you do both? I, I can, well, I, I can, I can enjoy it. I don't judge. I'm actually, and maybe this is, I'm part Jewish. So this might be the neurosis that comes with that. But I, I often think everybody is better than me, <laughs> not, not just in, in mental and hypnosis, just generally in life. Okay. But, um, so if anything, I'm actually, uh, using it as an opportunity to learn, right. uh, to be honest, I, I, I always, I'm always trying to improve what I'm doing and, and, uh, you know, I never want to rip somebody off. Uh, I, I never want to be accused of being a hack, but I've certainly been inspired by some of the shows I've seen. And so I, I can't say I really judge anyone unless they're horrible. Um, which once in a while that happens, but, but I would say 99% of the time I'm, I'm always maybe gleaming something from somebody else's show. Is there awesome. one guy though, that or, or woman that has blown you away where you went, wow, that's like, you want to talk about a gold standard or somebody I got to get to like that's well, what they did today I mean, was amazing. 
there's I can name some names in uh, mentalism where it's just like, I mean, you know, you don't get any better than that. Uh, Haim Goldenberg, um, uh, Banachek uh, are, are two, probably, you know, the two that I would yeah. uh, say the most. Um, uh, there was a guy on America's Got Talent to Oz. Uh, oh, oh, Oz. Oz Perlman's great. I've actually, uh, yes, I've, I've learned, uh, I've purchased people are always lay people are often amazed that, you know, as a matter of fact, earlier today, I was learning some, some new stuff, um, from another colleague uh, online. And, and, uh, one of my radio guys came in and was asking me about it. And, and, uh, I explained, I had just purchased a new effect and, um, he says, you got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, I can't remember what the question was, but, um, yeah, I'm always. Yeah, you know, we were talk, talking about yeah, so, so obviously some mentalists that that have inspired you and that yeah, you yeah, learned yeah. from. What's the best part of of being a stage hypnotist or a mentalist? Um, you know, I love. I always have. Ever since I was a kid, I just love making people laugh. I love getting, and if not yeah, a laugh, I love getting a reaction out of people. Um, you know. It's certainly nice to get paid for it, but I, but, and I know this sounds like a line of bull, but I really don't do it a whole lot for the money. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember the first time I ever did a magic show, it was in Edmonton. I, I didn't even look to do this professionally. I right, fell right. bass backwards into it. I was doing tricks in the hallways for, you remember Rob and Audie and, and, you know, Ron Clark and John Basil and whatnot. And I would practice on them and they in turn would talk about the latest trick that, you know, Magic Eddie, you know, fooled them with. And all of a sudden I'm getting calls to do, you know, boardroom shows, birthday parties and whatnot. And it was like, they want to pay me to do this. This is is amazing. I remember the first hypnosis show I did outside of Vegas shortly after I got back to Kingston, I got booked right away at a comedy club. I had so much fun doing that show, especially in front of a hometown crowd who knew who I was. You know, a lot of my listeners were there. And at the end of the night, when I was packing up, the, the, the club owner came by, to, you know, gave me a mitt full of cash and was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting paid for this. Um, so so it's certainly not, you know, the money is good, but um, I do it just because I love to I love to get a reaction out of out of people, a laugh or a sense of, you know, awe or whatever. I mean, I think that's it. Well, that's great. Have you had a favorite gig? Has there been one that stood out more than any other gig over the years? I'll give you a favorite moment. I don't have one specific whole gig that stands out, but this is my favorite story as far as my live entertaining goes, hypnosis or, or mentalism, period. So I used to perform my mentalism show. I used to separate the two shows uh, with, with uh, different branding. And as a matter of fact, um, the guy who would do the mentalism show was my cousin, Bazarek. From from the motherland, you know, right, he was yeah. Bazarek, right, yeah. uh, my cousin from the motherland. Uh, you know, maybe you've seen Buzz's show. He does okay. <laughs> anyway, I used to do this. Care, I would come to whatever venue it was, uh, present myself to whatever client in my in these very Eastern European looking clothes. I'd use the accent from start to finish. Anyway, so I am doing this show. It's a corporate uh, Christmas corporate gig in Kingston, and it's going great, and um, they're loving it. And I'm, I've got this one routine where I allow my volunteer to, to grab a book off of a, a portable bookshelf I have. They can grab whatever book they want. 
And then I ask them to find any word in the book. It doesn't matter if it's a chapter title or a part of the regular text or it's descriptive of a photo, whatever, any word. So I get them to choose a word and then jot it down to keep them honest so they don't change their mind. I tell them to jot it down on a sticky note and uh, put the sticky note away. And then, you know, I'm supposed to divine through my, my mental powers what that word is. Anyway, without giving anything away, something went wrong. And I had no clue <laughs> what the word was. I remember her name. Her name was Janine. And I'm going, I'm not making any of this up. As God is my witness. I'm not making this up. I go, Bazeric, very confused. Bazeric, very, very confused. This is very confusing. Janine, Janine, Bazeric, very confused. Please, Janine, what is word you choose? She says the word was confused. <laughs> and, and everybody is on their feet applauding but i swear to god the most impressed person in that room that night was me it was <laughs> awesome i'll never forget it wow oh what a great story well how do people get a hold of you to to book you for their event buzz just uh, head to my website uh, buzzcollins.com uh, all my contact there's a contact page there and of course there's sample video of both the both types of shows that i do uh, testimonials information uh, buzzcollins.com. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me. And, and uh, this feels so weird calling you buzz, of course, for me, because <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll always be magic Eddie Mills to me. And, right. and yeah, you, you were, you're obviously uh, one of my favorites to work with back in the day in, in the nineties at power 92. So thank you for that. Uh, I, I definitely we had a lot of, friend, of fun together. I miss you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks again. Talk to you soon. Well, there you go. Hey, uh, before we let you go, how do people get a hold of you without reading your mind? <laughs> yes, well, we do have the power to find people great houses, Bryn, if they're looking to buy. And, and again, the power to sell their house. If they want to find us, they can call us directly, 780-464-0075, or find us on the web at www.macintoshgroup.ca. We're not mind readers. We do love your feedback, so make sure you drop us a line. And, uh, of course, check us out at the Macintosh Group at Remax River City. That's it for today. I really love that. That was a lot of fun. That I'm Brent Griffiths. He is, um, uh, it's on the so confused. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm so confused. Brent McIntosh, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>